Are you an adventurer looking to take your hunt to the next level? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the East Meets West Hunt podcast presented by Onyx. On this episode, I am joined by the Johnny Stewart, Steve Shirk, and Bill Thompson of Spartan Forge. These guys are some of the best big woods buck hunters that I know, and we are talking all about summer scouting. We discuss finding buck bedding in the summer, locating areas that hold bucks year-round, using trail cameras, natural big woods food sources, the best locations for setting up mock scrapes, and much more. The Onyx Hunt app is your premier GPS hunting app that turns your phone into a working GPS. I utilize the different icons and colored waypoints to create an organizational system that is easy for me. Creating a system for you is critical to being the most efficient and effective. If you want to check out the Onyx Hunt app for yourself, head over to onyxmaps.com and use the coupon code EMW to save 20%. Tethered is a company that is founded on the principles of educating the hunting community on saddle hunting while creating the most innovative, lightweight, safe products for saddle hunting. They have multiple saddle and accessory options to find the right system for your style of hunting. To learn more about tethered and saddle hunting, head over to tetherednation.com or visit one of the teach and train events which the next one here is coming up this weekend in Boyne, Michigan at the Total Archery Challenge. You can get to feel the products, learn from the people that are creating it, and just make an educated decision on whether you think saddle hunting is right for you. Maven is building the highest quality optics at half of the price of the competitors through their direct-to-consumer business model. They want to create the best optics for the job, period. Their products are backed with a lifetime, no-fault warranty, and an incredible customer experience. The B3 8x30 binos are my go-to for all of my Eastern adventures. They are lightweight, good in low light, and give a crisp image all the way to the edges of the glass. You can use the coupon code EASTMEETSWEST-GIFT for a free gift with any full-price optics order at mavenbuilt.com. Hunters require an accurate forecast of the best hunting days and the best hunting spots to save time on scouting and actually executing the hunts. The Spartan Forge Outfitter utilizes years of military background and machine learning to pull from millions of data points to accurately predict deer movement, which includes from GPS data, 30 years of weather data, academic and state research. They're using science rather than someone's opinion to figure out the movement for your specific hunting area. You can use the code EASTMEETSWEST to save 25% off of the outfitter at SpartanForge.ai. On this week's Mountain Buck Story of the Week, or otherwise known as Mountain Buck Monday on social media, this story comes from CJ Jenkins. CJ says, I came up to Pennsylvania to hunt public land from Maryland after tagging out with my bow there so I could continue hunting the rut. About three quarters of a mile off the access road in a creek bottom, I found a scrape line and a few rubs throughout. I'm a big scrape hunter during the rut. On day one, I saw a few does, and then on the morning of day two, I rattled in the split main beam fighter of a buck for a 15-yard shot. And this is an awesome buck, CJ. Really cool. Has a lot of character to it. And definitely give you kudos for grinding it out and going to multiple states there during uh, a definitely a, a, a 
time of year that wears on you from hunting so hard. So congratulations on that. And if you have a mountain buck story you'd like to share, send me an email at bo at eastmeetswesthunt.com with you know, a good paragraph or so of a story and a couple photos to go along with it. All right, in other news, so I, I just mentioned I'll be at the Total Archery Challenge in Boyne, Michigan um, this upcoming weekend here. So I'll be there with the Prime Archery crew doing some podcasts, doing some shooting. Um, I'm really looking forward to this event. I'm not looking forward to the 10-hour drive after work on Friday, but I am looking forward to the event. So if you're there, stop by and uh, say hello. I'd love to love to get to talk to some people from Michigan up there. And last week, the Mountain Buck Scouting video series, a new video came out on my YouTube channel, which is just under my name, Bo Martonic. It's all about early season whitetail hunting and scouting. So uh, this is another episode. It's about, I don't know, about 20 minutes long or so. So they're a little bit longer than the ones I did last year, but hopefully you're filled with a lot of uh, some examples and data that you can use to help formulate your own plan. Again, just, just... my opinions based off of my experience and knowledge there. So take that as you will. And lastly, I just want to say thanks again to everybody for the support. The The podcast is continuing to grow and, and definitely everyone's uh, loving the, the, the whitetail content and the, and the big woods type stuff here. So I'm just lucky that I got some really good guests on and that they're, you know, performing to your guys liking so if you ever have any suggestions as far as guests or different content um definitely send me an email again my email is just bo at eastmeetswesthunt.com i'd love that's the best way for me to to respond in a timely manner so send that over would love to would love to hear from you and and then just head over to eastmeetswesthunt.com check out everything there have a bunch of apparel some other things so would love love the support and uh again just greatly appreciate it so with that being said uh, let's go right into the podcast here with johnny stewart steve shirk and bill thompson all right we're live we're up at, what do you call your camp here, Shirk? Shirk's Camp. Shirk's Camp. Yep. <laughs> really unique name, but uh, <laughs> easy to remember. Yep. So we're up at Steve Shirk's Camp, and I'm joined by Bill Thompson, Spartan Forge, and, ooh, there's Bill cracking it open, and the Johnny Stewart. What's going on, guys? What's going, buddy? Getting ready to talk deer and drink beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, uh, thank God we're here. <laughs> we've d- we've done a, a fair amount of bullshit into this point and had just had a really good dinner steve yeah. you killed it with some cooking there the caribou too that was oh, that was amazing that caribou was awesome John- here's the bow's uncle yeah or no it's well, I you my, said my uncle's father oh excuse me <laughs> sorry i killed it yeah <laughs> but you didn't make that sausage. No, I did not make that sausage. I can't take that. My uncle's father-in-law. Yeah, it was excellent. It. So, what do you thank you for that, uh, Johnny? You brought a couple bags of chips that haven't been yep. pulled out of the truck yet, but you've really you've been putting quite the it in. contributor. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> beer's cold, and Thanks, uh, I'm ready to talk deer hunting. Yeah, yeah. I'm Even not- though it's May, 
Hold on. Is it? Yeah, it is May, isn't it? When this releases, it'll be in June. But it, uh, yeah, it, it was good to get everybody together. And yeah, Bill, thanks for the the white claws here. And you guys, well, you have Yingling. Steve's got the Reds Hard Apple Ale. Johnny's got some Cold Yingling. beer. Cool <laughs> beer. Just having. It's it's kind of weird being in a hunting camp in in the summertime, isn't yeah, it? I kind of like it, it though. It's got that vibe. It's good. Oh yeah, it's. Especially in the big woods. What do you think, Johnny, walking in, seeing, seeing Steve's? Oh man, it's awesome! <laughs> All them deer heads. We didn't get to we didn't get to indulge much. Maybe after yeah. after the podcast, we'll he told go me through I them one take at any a time. Because <laughs> most of them are poached. <laughs> so, I, no, I'm just joking, folks. He didn't yeah. say that. But no, it's a cool little camp. It's, it's awesome. a lot of big deer, and I'm sure there's a lot of stories we need to. Might not even get you know another probably after the podcast. We'll start have to talking have you guys deer. back or something. It'd probably be midnight by the time we get yeah, done. I'm getting you home before midnight. I gotta well, get up. I might I got, some of us work. I gotta get up in the morning. <laughs> I might not leave. <laughs> we got we can sleep twenty here, by the way. So my goodness. holy cow, <laughs> we got a whole loft up there. Really? Whoa! Yep. Yeah, yep. this place is primo. Yeah, we will have to go check out the we're above the garage. <laughs> yep. We're in the garage. It's all sleeping above the garage, wow. the whole way across. Huh. It's a nice little camp. How old is this, Steve? Oh, geez, it's in back in the seventies. So. Before I was born, it was my, it uh, started out as a camp, and then my grandfather lived here for quite some time, and then when he passed, we just kept it deer camp, so it's like, like I said, since probably mid-70s, this place has been going on. What are those deer, the deer in the front foyer looks like it was uh, mounted in the 70s. Yep, it was, er, I think it was, that one's probably early to mid-80s was my grandfather's, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And that was big for then, huh? Oh, God, it was huge. Yeah. Like I told uh, Bill, I mean, I wouldn't say we got the biggest deer here because some of them are pretty old, but years ago, like a 100-incher was like a wall hanger, you mm -hmm. know? Now, so. for context, Steve said that to me while we were staring at a 170-inch deer. Yeah. They had hanging on a post there, so don't let the... Uh, the modest man here, fool you, gentlemen and ladies. He's a killer. Huh. Yeah, yeah, back in those days, like Bo even probably remembers, he was just a little bow tyke. <laughs> <laughs> you know, 120s were big oh, bucks, they were huh? Dandies. Oh yeah, yeah. My dad has some mounted that he's actually removed from the wall because sure. it's like, and he he actually took a couple of them and. He removed the. They were getting kind of worn anyway, so he removed the hide and used that form again. Oh, and yeah. mounted a couple of his own deer. That, That's a good idea to to reuse them. He's, uh, it's, it's kind of funny, but he's like, yeah, he was like, this deer in '92 was won the big buck contest. He's like, Absolutely. you know, and it's a 105 inch deer or 110 inch deer, maybe. Oh, wow. I was like, That's, That's things have just changed. So, yep. so no, much. I've I've honestly been tempted, like some of mine, you know. I know they, they're good memories, but it's like really not that big of a buck nowadays. Maybe I should just take it down. You yeah. know, it's just not, not, and it doesn't really matter, but it's just like, it's amazing how things have changed. That's for sure. I think the, the mounts are <clears throat> more for um, the stories. The stories. Yep, they, even like point. you said, Steven, it wasn't big, but it's like, and you put yourself back. When I look at one on a wall, I'm like, yeah, I put myself back in that that day that i shot it and it's this is the story behind yep. it you know you, you have so that's a great point but yeah i know people are like i know guys that took the sewing apart and put bigger horns in there and kept them out and stuff like that yep 
Yeah. Save a little money. Yeah, and then you could still hang them. Like Steve has some of the ones on the wall here that are just the skull plate and stuff too. And that's 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 cool to even look at and be like, you know, looking at those stories on the back of the garage wall and everything. And Johnny, when you get your mounts moved to your camp? Oh shit, Bo! (laughs) I got to get it done first. (laughs) I've been working. I've been working too much and haven't been up there, but um, probably. This summer, just now, will you move all of them, or will yeah. you decide? Like one, uh, I'm probably going to take. A, I'm going to interview them and see which ones <laughs> want to go north to the new residence and see which ones want to stay. They haven't been no, responding but, to the surveys. <laughs> I'm probably going to take them all, and I got to. Uh, I'm probably going to take them all. I don't want to split them up. You know, they they're a family now. If it's a big woods camp, they all deserve to be there. I'm putting them all up there, yeah. So, yeah. but I'm excited to. To get it done and, and uh see I only get one or two I can keep in the house and the rest have to go in the garage. That's why you need a camp. Uh, sooner than later. Yep. One of these days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. My- so that's the reason I'm building my camp. Is cause place I, for your deer heads. And all my hunting stuff. Yep. Yeah. So- yeah. My my girlfriend's like she's like She's not at my house right now. She's living back at her house, and she's like the center picture of my caribou on the wall. She's like, "Oh, more to the museum." She's like, <laughs> <laughs> she's like another thing. another dead animal in the house. I'm like, eh. get used to it, baby. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so yeah, a uh, hint or a fight. I know. I was like, I need a I need to build a garage that's got high ceilings that well, I, I can told put Bo he can bring him up to my camp and visit with my heads. You know, we'll just put a bunch on the wall. I told him. Yeah. So have you lived with her through a November? Like, have you guys uh, she, spent time through a November yet? Like, has she had to endure the suck? Not not at my... She wasn't staying at my place at that time frame. She's staying Good at for, her she's house. She's lucky. She's Steve a, and I were just going yeah. over... We were doing some summer scouting today, and we were going over yeah. our... In the military, we call them tactics, techniques, and procedures. <laughs> so mine, in order to keep make sure, making sure that I have, you know, as much time as possible in November to hunt, I will do anything I am asked... At any time of the day, any day of the week, until the third week of October, and then I'm gone like a fart in the wind for yeah. a month. Yeah, and, and so then, remember, it's all ammunition. Yeah, it's all ammunition. Anything. So it's like you want me to fix the deck? No problem, babe. I'll go fix the deck right now. I'm on the way to Home Depot. <laughs> fix the deck, <laughs> refinish everything, and then what I do is I have a list on the fridge, and I'll fill, like I'll have her make a list that we'll start the summer with. I get the list all done. And she wants to take the list down and start another one. I said, no, 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 no. <laughs> Get another piece of paper, put it right next to that one. We start the new list. And then when I'm not around <laughs> for anything in the third to fourth week of November or uh, October into November, I keep the list up there to remind her. Nice. This is what's because I am a yeah. ghost. <laughs> Bo, that, you taking notes? I'm going to have to because like, you know. <laughs> Everybody's got wives, fiancés, girlfriends here, yep, and, yep. and I, I'm learning. You know, I'm getting, I'm getting into this process. You're always going to be learning, and, whether but, it's but a like, woman woods or a deer luckily, woods. Luckily, luckily, <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> luckily, I don't think any of them listen to this to listen to the podcast. I, I know my girlfriend that, yeah. doesn't listen to mine. Mine's yeah, never listened to one. Yeah, she don't care, but because she, she's like, you know, she's like, ah, you know, I. Love it if you were like doing more, you know, projects around. She wouldn't live with me, but she's Whoa. like, say, she's kind of like doing this test of like yep. what I'm no going to do. Yep. So now I'm like doing projects at my house that I don't even care about because I don't care where. Yeah, what I get live. used to it, man. And so I'm like, I'm doing them now, like, and that's why I was talking to Steve earlier. I was like, okay, 
with turkey hunting, I had to kind of take a little bit of a break from it this year because I, I got turkey hunting a little bit, but that's not as important to me as deer hunting. And that's where I want to spend my time out. So now, you know, I'm working more hours at my job, doing more for my business, doing more stuff at home, getting that stuff out of the way. So I get that time, you know, later and it's, you know, more guilt free because believe it or not, I, I feel guilty sometimes. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, like I said, I just keep those lists on the fridge. And then when I get home at night after like my third consecutive rut hunt, you know, and she's, you know, dying with the kids at home and asking me how my day's been, I just point to the list on the fridge and say, see all that? I did all that for you. I don't, I don't know. If, I, I don't, don't say that. Yeah. Okay. I, I was going to say, up there. I don't know if I'm going to take that the, tactic back. I do leave the list. He just highlights the I list. I do leave the list up there and the list does the not come down. Laminated. Make sure you put a check on every yeah, one and of a them. check on everything you get done. <laughs> yep. Talking, going back to the camp. So yeah, the camp I bought, and I put a big addition on. And um, my fiance, she said, "Wow, that you're gonna, it's going to be bigger than our house." I said, "And it's going to be nicer than our house." I said, "Well, when you come up, you, I want you to be comfortable." <laughs> It's weird. It's like <laughs> you, I said, and you need her to be comfortable when you're not around. Exactly. <laughs> when you're there and I'm out in the woods, you've got to be comfortable. It's got to be nice, and uh, you know it can't be like an outhouse and stuff. So yeah, it's going to be pretty, and it is going to be pretty extravagant for a camp. So that's my excuse. Yeah, that's you good. Know, it's for you. I do all this for you. <laughs> you don't so, even enjoy. She's it. like, you're not going to come home, are you? I I'm built like, this in the middle of the oh. Allegheny for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's where you want to be. She's like, right. uh, no. You have to put. She likes. She likes working out. You have to put some gym equipment. Oh, in there. Actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not a bad idea. Hanging deer we heads is that. good exercise. Hanging the deer heads. <laughs> It's a lot of work. You know, skinning deer. <laughs> yeah. It's good work out. Dragging deer. Dragging yeah. deer. Is She's like, I'm not going to come up. You're going to be up there in November with all your buddies. I'm like, you can come up. She's like, I don't want to be up there with all those guys. <laughs> well, right. then that's when you can come up in the summer and enjoy it. Yep. Yeah. Give me an excuse to. Besides, we're in the summer and we're at another camp with guys. <laughs> no, but. She's like, I ain't going to be up there much. You're going to be without guys up there. I'm like, no, that's not true. Meanwhile, Bo's living up there. Yeah. Oh, who's this? Uh, the uh, caretaker. Don't worry about him. That's caretaker. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Is that your caribou head? No, it's Bo's. <laughs> right, right above his bed. <laughs> He's Airbnb in it. Yeah. But um, anyway, so we're we're in the middle. Well, we're at the beginning of summer, I guess I should say here. And most of, the, I think on most people's deer aren't really on the mind. But I think with all of us sitting here, deer don't really ever leave our minds most likely. So sure. I, I kind of want to start out with you, Steve. What what are you doing during the summertime? What are you doing to keep your, your deer itch going on? Um, I mean, it's just all about, to me, seeing what's still out there, what's growing into what you're hoping it's going to be. Um, I've been, you know, running mineral sites, uh, getting them going, mock scrapes. Uh, luckily, like I said, my son's been really into it lately. So, yeah. you know, he... <laughs> When there might be more important things to do around the house, he's been kind of saving me a little bit, telling mom that uh, that's what we should be out doing instead. So nice, you got him uh, trained right. Yeah, honestly, I didn't even yeah. really train. That's him. good. I, but uh, no, so that's been pretty good. Yeah, just just excited to see what's going to be available this year. I mean, I know deer, some particular deer that made it, but you don't really know like what they're going to bloom into oh, yet. So it's, it's velvet yeah. time is exciting yep. to see so, that. No, that's basically what I've been, 
you know, getting into quite a bit now. So just super excited. That's for sure. Yeah. What, what about, so I've been seeing, uh, on Instagram, you've been talking quite a bit about finding bucks bedding areas right yeah. now in the summer. And I'll be honest, that's not something that mm-hmm. I've done to this point, but I'm super interested in kind of hearing oh, about yeah. that and what the importance of it that you see kind of as you move forward. And I know you've done this for years, so yeah. just kind of talk a little bit about that. Um, yeah, even when I, I took Bill to a spot today, um, like uh, some certain clear cuts and bedding areas that, uh, you know, sometimes we think that you know, all bucks shift like during that, you know, we call it this late summer shift, early fall shift, but really not all of them do. Some of them still stick around, um, you know, and I'm trying to catch, learn more about bucks that I think are going to be staying in those bedding areas, um, you know, trying to find the entry and exit routes or is there certain conditions when they're moving more or less, you know, I still think uh, in, in some bedding areas, like I said, you can you can still learn a lot this time of year. And, uh, you know, so that's kind of what I've been focusing on. Like I posted something the other night, like this one buck, uh, he seems to come out of this clear cut, like almost within the same 10 minutes, every, almost every day. If he, if, especially if he beds in this one particular bed, he's been coming out like 640 to 650, like every, every time it's, yeah. and I thought that it's just like, so neat. Like, obviously they don't have like a real clock like us, but they must have like some like internal clock. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. now's the time to get up and go out and feed. And, you know, so there's still a lot to learn this time of year. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I know there's a lot of other things that you can be doing, but, uh, I don't know if you're passionate, so passionate like us, it's hard to ever leave the deer woods. Yeah. yeah. Well, so do you, do you find, that some of the some of those deer keep those bedding areas into the fall or do you find some of them shift like what do you kind of um yeah i mean it it all depends on the habitat if if that if that bedding area has food and cover that's going to be available uh you know early in bow season or yeah what should be bow season um there's a good chance they'll stick around i think it also depends though like on you know, the other bucks living in that area too. Like sometimes, you know, maybe not the biggest buck is the most dominant buck. And like, I might have my eye on a really, maybe the bigger one, but somehow he gets pushed off. But maybe one of the lesser bucks is just more lesser, maybe in size is what I'm saying. Yeah. But yeah, I find honestly, a, a lot of bucks, uh, if it's the right habitat, the right amount of browse, the right cover, They'll stay there till like mid October. Yeah, I, I've noticed that a lot, at least a lot of the pictures that you've been posting seem to be mm-hmm. around some of those clear cuts that are, you know, at least three years old, kind yep. of a little bit older that have that cover. They've got that browse still. Yep. They've got everything that are yep. that are mixed into it. And I mean, I'll, I'll be honest, it's probably. I mean, like every hunter, I think we all have a few things that we keep to ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's okay if we talk about it on here, but... Uh-oh, look but, out. He's spilled the beans. You know, yeah. you, you put two, three beers in me and see what happens. Is that the plan? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, he's on number six. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, uh, I do think that the younger clear cuts, not that I think, I know, like, the reason why a deer's not going to leave a younger clear cut versus an older clear cut as much is because the younger one's going to have way more food. And even, you know, going into like early October, a lot of that browse is still available. So there really wasn't much reason for him 
to leave from the summer even till early in the archery season until, you know, he starts to get more of that rutting urge, you know, and then he'll start to leave that bedding area and yeah. roam and we, around. And when you say milk. young clear cuts, you're talking two to three years. Yep. Even some, some are five or six, you know, yeah. it's another thing. Like so many people ask me like, what's the perfect age of clear cut, but at least around here, I see some like grow differently. I don't yeah. know if it's mm-hmm. acid totally rain or like yep. it's just like you have to just how the go sun up. hits it or yeah, or what's stuff. in the soil and exactly summer it might be the same age, but then you're like there's this is like a ghost town where that other one yep. got all kind of yep. variety of habitat. But that's a good point you made. Like I I noticed in my years of running cameras how he said that um, the the older deer might not be the dominant. Where it seems like every year when you start into that summer, maybe a buck was. Uh, live in the area, but maybe something else moved in. It seems like they're always jockeying for position and where they want to be in their pick, but maybe this one's more aggressive and push this guy out. So it is, it's neat to see going through the summer when you're running a mineral licks, it might be like, cause I've had experiences where like, oh, this is where the big bucks are hitting this yeah. mineral lick. And then it's like, they're gone from there yeah, or another deer up. moved in. It's just every year, I think once they get through their breeding, they start in the summer. It's like, okay, we, we know who's left in a herd. We know who got killed and this guy's growing up and he's got a little more testosterone. He's sticking his chest out. And as you go through the year, yeah, it's always evolving. But I think once you get through the breeding season, you start living, they start living through the next year and knows who's there and maybe, you know, um, bacheloring up with other bucks, but it always, you know, going through the summer, I feel is when, you know, you run them cameras and you'll see, you know, how the things changed and there is no hunting pressure to change it. Oh, so yeah. it's like the age structure and, you know, the, you know, the, um, the testosterone and the deer. Well, there's not so much that time, but, you know, just how they, where they choose to live and who's more dominant. And it's always, as you get into the next fall, how things slowly change every year, not just the habitat, but the deer and the, you know, the population of the deer, their age and personality, their personality, yeah, the testosterone. Change goes up and then but that's a that's a big thing going into summer is something's changing you know in in the herd and uh you might not see the same deer because there's one year i had a couple licks and going into fall and i'm like oh man i'm pretty sure the deer made it and the next year i run the cameras and them licks and i'm like I'm like 95% sure them deer made it and they weren't there they didn't show up but they moved on maybe someone pushed them out or i even found deer would move in and i think the pressure uh, what through the hunting season was just too much for them, and they toughed it out through the season. But like it's next year, I'm, I'm not going with that again. I got to get out of here. And I've seen that happen. You know, they stake their claim through the breeding season, and then then next year they're like, "F this, I'm out of here." Yeah, you know what I mean. I'm going to go find greener pastures. It's just too yep. much. And that could be too. Like it might even be food related. You know, there could just been better habitat another mile away this year or, or yeah maybe like an, an acorn crop or yep. something else that can shift it you know yep. that's and i i don't know about you guys but i've found that at least in the areas that i have that don't have any oaks or acorns are more consistent year after year or mm-hmm. um that's a good just point. just because there's not that mass crop that can fluctuate that food source i know when i hunted an area that was like primarily hardwoods oaks on 
I'd find sign in the spring that would be like up on the top, you know, that was because it was a good acorn crop the year before. The next year yep. it wasn't, and they moved yeah. to a completely different area. There was no area. reason for those deer to be there. There was no reason for them to be there. Yep. But then when you get an area that was mixed with clear cuts and all these different ages and different vegetations, now you start getting more consistent no doubt. year after year. You know, eventually things change, but it seems to be a little bit more consistent that way. Oh, I see from, that too from what I've found, but chipmunk just ran by. Uh, but one thing I do want to say here just before we go any further is, so if, you know, you hear us talking a little bit about mineral sites and stuff, mineral sites are only legal in certain places, depending on what type of public land they are. So just know your stuff. Absolutely. Not, you know, yep. we, we're, we're, we're speaking of this because yep. we know that and you can't obviously hunt near yep. a mineral site. There's a lot of things that go into that. I'm not going to go into the technical de- details of it, but just, just note that because, yeah. uh, and Steve and I talk about that. Yeah. I've talked about that before offline and it's, yeah. uh, I've had people like email me saying, I'm going to report you or listen, I know where I can put a mineral mm-hmm. lick and where I I can't. Yeah. Internet, internet police. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and with mineral licks, I even noticed in some places, um, I don't know, to me, it comes down. So some of the areas I hunt um, in Pennsylvania are uh, kind of populated with hunters. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the pressure's there. That's not uh, an area always that you can get away from the pressure and away from the roads and and uh but there's enough cover for these deer to get away and i'll run these mineral licks and to me it has to do with the pressure but i feel some of these older bucks kind of steer clear of some mineral licks i mean I'll, oh no doubt i'll yeah. run these cameras maybe one on a lick and one just satellite in the area around and you get that big buck he just yeah. comes by and I, i'm like you know what i mean so yeah this year i'm trying to run some separate mineral licks further away from the road with just salt maybe something Yep. I'm wondering if maybe the pre- the the scent of the licks that you can get, maybe they associate that with hunters, or maybe it's just the the deer that have been using that, or the the younger uh, two year olds, yearlings, and does. Maybe they don't really want to mess with that, but it's it's kind of a it's I don't know what uh, what it would be whether it's the uh, the pressure. They associate that with humans, and they just, you know, something tells them to stay away, or the younger deer uh, gravitate toward, or they just are other like they are. But yeah. so yeah, this year we did. We kind of run one lick um, with scent, whatever apple scent or whatever the shit that comes with it, attract them, and then <laughs> we went a couple hundred yards and just put straight salt, just kind of experiment. Say because oh. I'm thinking maybe, you know, they might associate that scent or that mineral with humans. Yeah. You know, and you get them five, six year old deer, they don't they don't want to mess. But then there's some licks I got over to be off the beaten path with the smell and that and they just they're hitting it, you know. So Yeah, I've seen that in the GPS data where um depending on the time of the year, just certain deer just won't tolerate other deer. Yep. Like certain bucks just don't want to be yep. usually it's the older ones, but they just to them it's kind of like you're all easy targets. Yep. So if you guys are going somewhere, I'm not gonna go there. Because mm-hmm. I'm not, you know, I'm not the rest of you. You're right. And I don't know yep. if it's the testosterone or just, you know, it's a learned or a patterned behavior that they've evolved. I'm not a biologist, so I can't speak to that. But I certainly can see what say what I see in the data. And, you know, <clears throat> I kind of made a joke one time when I get new GPS data. We just got a ton, actually, of Pennsylvania data. And another great thing that I got Oh, you was, ended up getting the Pennsylvania data? Yeah, from another source. But then I also got live Pennsylvania data. Okay. So this is a, it's Pennsylvania data from a military base where they've tagged all these deer in this area. 
And so I can go on there at any time and see just where the deer are on the ground and, you know, what they're doing. And, um, <clears throat> there certainly seems to be that certain bucks just won't tolerate other deer. And I always make the joke. I actually was made it with Steve today, but it's like, you know, you get the Chuck Norris of deer, <laughs> you know, and he, you know, all the other deer see a, you could think of it like humans, humans, you know, 95% of humans, they see a bunch of cheeseburgers in the woods somewhere. Oh, here, yeah, They're going to try to go yep, get a cheeseburger. Yeah. <laughs> but that Chuck Norris deer, he's not going anywhere near any of them because he, he's not going to be the one to get a bullet in the dome. <laughs> hey, Bill, we got to get back to the biologist. I mean, like a biologist is here. You're like... I'm nowhere You're near like that. a sliver. No, like a cunt hair below the biologist. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean you're like right there. <laughs> technically. I'm a, I'm I mean, like when below. you talk, I'm like, I know a lot about deer, but I'm like, God damn. So the, I mean, for me, it's like it's. I, I was just laugh, telling Steve this again today when we were scouting. For me, when I get new GPS data, it's like pulling the meta SD card. Yeah. Like I'm getting, you know, seven, eight years of deer data. But you look at I a biologist. What? How do they know? But by studying deer, because they're actually out there observing the behavior. I'm just looking at the GPS points on a map. Yeah, but it's the same thing. This behavior that you're learning from eight years in data points, and you look at what's in that area, and it's the same thing they're doing. Yeah, maybe. But I mean, I think there's a little more rigor in what they're doing. But regardless, when I get that data, I immediately sort it. I look for the most mature animals, mm-hmm. whether it's does or bucks. And uh, it's just, I've I've said it before, but it's kind of like when they hit three and a half years, there's like this, there's like this mental maturity that happens and they just, instead of running with everyone else, it's like they separate out or at least, you know, unless they're not pressured at all, then they can maybe stay longer. But if the pressure is there, it's like they separate off and they're like, all right, I'm not going to be with the rest of this herd because the rest of this herd is going to get one in the boiler room at some point. You're exactly right. And, 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 And then the other interesting thing I see in this data is. And Johnny just said it, and it's, you know, I didn't know any of this until I was pulling the GPS data. These bucks will just win to these areas, and they'll go nowhere near them. Mm-hmm. They'll just go there. when They'll go these five, six, seven, eight-year-old bucks. I've always talked about this. I've talked about it before, but in this Louisiana study that I saw, this buck was like a seven-year-old buck, a 140-class buck, which down there was pretty big, maybe 150. I don't remember. But he, all he would do is win these spots. And, and if you never – if you didn't – have a camera somewhere else besides on these bait piles you'd never know that that deer was there hmm. and then you'd see him one day on stand and you'd be like oh there's a traveler or a new buck or like a yeah buck i've never seen before meanwhile he's betting you know 70 yards down one of your stand <laughs> and he knows exactly yeah. when you're there and he knows exactly when you don't you know yeah no that's 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 so true too and like yeah those deer just they don't get that old by being no. the same as anybody else yep oh, right. there's times when you'll find an old deer and you might get it down to where man i know where he's bedding you know i know where he's wanting to go to feed and this and that and then you kind of know everything you need to know about him to hunt him and then you start strategically finding your stand location then you realize there is no stand location because he got all um all bases covered as far as X and point where he's bedding the wind. He got all these yep. things in his odds. And the, there's many times I wanted to cry. I know this deer lives and I know where he's at. I'm like, <laughs> I can't even hunt him. Yep. It's not even possible. That's why I he's said there. He's got everything in his odds. He don't take any chances. It's like, yeah, it's like we're repeating the conversation that I we know, had earlier so today. Yeah. <laughs> as we were walking around the woods today, I was telling him, I, I got to yep. go to an area where I'd, it was near Moyock, North Carolina, where I'd pulled some data or I'd gotten some data. Then I called the guy. I was down there for like a weapons course. And uh, I called the guy and said, hey, I'd like to look at this place where we got data from. And he had a few mature bucks in this data, and it was like a hunting club. 
And all I wanted to do was just go walk these areas where it seemed like these bucks frequented, these really mature bucks. And there was one particular point that was like, it was a point near a swamp. And, and it was reminiscent of a spot that Steve just showed me today. And when I got in there and saw exactly where he was hanging out, I'm like, there's no way to kill this deer. Yeah, that's the truth. <laughs> there's just not a <laughs> that's way. That's the honest to God's truth. You and, get and to you that know point. It. You get like hairs on the back of your neck mm-hmm. stand up yeah. because you get in there and you're just yeah. like, this buck, whether he knows it or it's instinct or whatever, it's just, I couldn't kill this buck if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Like people <laughs> well, talk about like, you know, not to insert my obligatory, um, you know, product advertisement, people like, you know, Spartan Forge, I think might be telling people too much about deer. <laughs> and it's like, the more and more I see mature buck data, that what it's made me realize is how woefully undermatched yep. we are. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like we are just, these animals have us beat, especially the mature ones. And we'll only get a kill the when they screw up. Well, you know, you're talking about those those almost like unkillable spots. My, my uncle Francie, which you know, mm-hmm. you know him, Johnny, he was hunting this buck that was just awesome last year and he uh he he saw him twice but he goes he goes i had to stop hunting the area because the wind would never be consistent no matter what it was always shifting and that buck he actually got saw him twice and he winded them both times he's like he goes it would just flip all the time and that's why he was living there and that's and he's like i i don't know what to do like it's just it's so difficult and that's why that's why you need a lot of different areas to hunt or different deer to hunt because you'll start hunting one deer and then you know before you know it he's on to you like you think you're on to him yeah you know what i mean so sometimes i don't take chances when i'm hunting like the deer don't take chance if they smell that's like okay i'm not going that way there's a hunter there so like when i'm hunting sometimes you're like oh the wind come over the back of my neck this way and i think that's where he's at so i'll like i might hang out then i'll just i'll leave that spot because i don't want to you know what I mean? Where guys will stay in the same spot, same spot. Maybe I'll maybe I'll move a hundred or two hundred yards to get a, a you know like a, a different uh, look, a different area different to where yeah. And he he's still there. It takes a lot to actually move. He lives there for a reason to get him to move like a mile away or not. He's just gonna you know avoid that like the plague where you were. But you always got to have a couple of different spots to hunt one deer or a bunch of different deer to hunt because it th- there's so many times that um you find those deer that you can't get into them so a lot of times you have to take you are going to take a little chance you got to give give a little bit but you to them you know because you're not going to have everything in your favor when you're hunting them big deer so you got to give to them give them some odds um Mm -hmm. you're going to have to and that means you taking chances whether it's getting in before daylight or trying to you're always walking that fine line because you have to that's where you have to hunt to kill these mature deer you know and uh so you gotta and you're gonna mess it up you're going to yeah if you hunt enough because you have to take some risk and there's you know risk equals reward but there's chance times it comes together but that's why you gotta have a bunch of different area deer or different areas to hunt because you got to give them the odds but then again if you got a lot of deer to hunt you find the one that gives you the best odds like man because oh like i know that one deer bow was hunting years back what was that would you hercules. have hercules i'm like yeah i'm like i have a feeling you know Bo, i'm behind you 110 percent. but this nomad this deer just i i don't know if anybody could even kill him you know what i mean yep. he's oh, like so random that. and stuff like yeah. that i'm like you you know more about this deer than any human 
and your chances. And he are knows nil. more about me than anything else. Like your chances year. are nil. So I'm like, and I hope to God. <laughs> Honestly, that's the truth. Yeah, I, I mean, it was like, like Rocky Four. This guy's gonna kill you, man. <laughs> you know, Don't but that's the there. honest God's truth. Some of them deer you get to, and their acts are pretty random. And um, yeah, you, they you have, talk about that a lot. You t- you talk about that a lot. You go, I, I might have. The, the biggest deer on camera, but yep. this one that I'm just as happy with is more killable, and you hunt tend to hunt. You know you can kill. Yeah, you say. Yep. I know you say no, that I, quite a bit. You, I honestly You're... believe there's bucks out there, except maybe during the rut. I think every buck during the rut has a few days where he, you, if you're in the right spot, he's on a hot doe, you can kill him. But other than that, I think there's bucks outside That's of the exactly, rut you waste your yep. whole season on them you could waste it just because of that right like when he hunted at hercules he was showing me some areas where he hunted and it was just such randomness and yep. it's almost like you're chasing your tail and you're never gonna you know what i mean yeah i felt for him he, he was spread out you know so far i'd get him one day two and a half miles this wow. was this was during the rut at this point but mm-hmm. two and a half miles over here and then i'd get him another mile in the other direction literally within 24 hours and he was just <laughs> He was covering ground, and he was he was so there was there was only the, yeah. I had one chance, and I shot and I hit him in a leg. But that was the only chance I ever had at that deer. And after that, it was just like, well, then he was definitely on to me. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> then he disappeared. But no, feeling. that's the truth. There's <laughs> yep. there's some deer. If you get enough of them, you can find. Like I I think I can kill this deer. I, I kind of know him. But then other ones are like, yeah, yep. I have no idea. I just uh, I have no problem like. When I think of big bucks, mature bucks, I literally get down on one knee and tip my hat off. Like, I don't ever look at, like, I'm I'm more capable of killing you than you getting away from me. Like, that's how I look at mature deer. Like, if I, if I get an opportunity, that makes my whole season because I just am hoping one time maybe – get you know outsmart them for once that's yeah. just how how amazing animals that they or are or get lucky yeah i'll take luck and oh man luck over skill <laughs> any day of the week any day give me give me that luck i'll take it i'll take the luck but i don't ever depend on luck because mm-hmm. it seemed but really like after what we just talked about with bow hunting his deer Maybe you just pick a random tree and go sit in it. You might get lucky. But honestly, if, there's many ways to look at it. You could be like, I could do all this time scouting and be in the right spot and this and that. And it's like, he's such a random animal. I might as well just get in the goddamn tree and sit there and hope he comes by. You know what I mean? But I can't hunt like that, you know. But yeah. uh, that's the truth. Yeah, and I, I I knew that I knew that was one thing that you two would be very similar on because I've heard both the, you, you know, hunting the deer that you know the most about and that you like you with that eight point last year you had him freaking pinned down and you had the opportunity yeah. and then what the, the the wind shift or something happened but he and you know what i had a tarsal gland for my buddy's deer and and i took it down in the woods that was what november first second we had that snow yeah yeah, yeah. fifth the, or the, fourth the, somewhere the second there. or third we got the first no first like, week in november yeah november. yeah so i like he was on a mineral lick in the summer and he, and then he went and hit this clear cut and he started rubbing it up in october then guys seen him rubs and they started pounding that and then he moved to a, another area and i just fo- kind of followed them with my cameras you know he's been there for a few years and then i kind of knew where he was going to breed these does so i got in there before daylight Got up in a tree. I looked over my shoulder. There's a doe. He's right behind her. Oh. But I put the tarsal gland like 10 feet from him. You know, and he's kind of, whether he tended that doe or bred her or I don't know what was going on, but they were both feeding and he was right behind her. And then 
the wind shifted. I actually think that tarsal gland just hit him right in the face, and he was like, he snorted and ran. Wow. My opinion. I mean, I ain't no way he could have smelled me. I mean, you know what I mean? Ain't no no way he could have smelled me. No. That... That Jeep would lives COVID in there. I don't even know how. <laughs> My old lady tells me, you smell like earth. <laughs> all your clothes. And I said, well, you know, I got them earth wafers. I work in the dirt all. I mean, yeah. He's got that's why I got an excavation business. Right I'm out in the dirt all day so I could smell like the earth. That's what. And, and yeah, and Steve's got a landscaping business. So he's, yeah. in, he's in the, the you know what I'm here. saying? Here it comes. Sal, the, the <laughs> trick is you don't even know anything about deer. You just got to gotta work in the right industry. Yep. I work in graphite. It smells terrible. It's dirty. <laughs> deer don't like bullets graphite. and arrows. Yeah. They're going to run from there. They're going to run. Yeah. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> um, I, I do want to uh, shift back a little bit to a topic we talked about about 15 minutes ago. And we were talking about mineral sites. Mm-hmm. And what I've found is like, I don't know if I know the answer to this, but some mineral sites are so productive for me. And then there's other areas in general that don't matter what I put out. It's just, they're not that good. Mm -hmm. Do you, do any, let's start with you, Steve. Do you have any spots like that or any insight on why that might be? Like I, I, although it might seem like the summertime, uh, the deer spread out, but I still find the bucks, a lot of the most mature bucks and best bachelor groups were ever like the most available browses. That's, that's where I find them. Um, and then I also see issues like with water, like right now till about, you know, sometime in July, it's pretty consistent, but a lot of times every year I'll have bucks kind of leaving my mineral sites kind of later in the year for a while. And then I, I see like some air cameras like down near water you know, like down lower in, you know, in the valley streams, then they seem to turn on. Yep. So really, I just think this time of year, it's, you got to be where the most available browse sources are. Big woods, I'm talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, if, if things dry up, then I really think water becomes even more important then too. You know, at least that's what I see. Yeah. What about you, John? I do like running minerals with water in mind, whether it's mm. a creek or... Mm-hmm. You know, just because they're going to, but they do get some water from the plant life. But yep. like we had some dry weather here the last few weeks. So yep. being near water, but there's times I found mineral licks. Uh, sometimes I run in new areas. It might not be in a clear cut, maybe satellite, but still they're traveling through. And some will just be like hot, like you, you'll show up and, and, you know, maybe I like put them out around March, April mm-hmm. and when it seems like they start hitting them. And uh, yep. some of them will be just like, wow, look at the hole they dug in the, in the ground. And other ones are just like, got 20 pitchers and your, your minerals are still laying on top yeah. of the ground. Yeah. It's like, I know they're, de- and it's not like I'm putting them just, I know there's deer in the area. So yep. I don't know if it is something in the dirt that helps them you know, be attracted to your minerals. I try to stay away from hemlocks. I don't know if you do, Steve. I try to keep them. I don't know. Like, as far as... I putting- I have found that. I have a spot, actually one that is active that I that I run. And I just... I'm like, there's got to... They got to be next to the water and stuff, but it's all hemlocks around. Yeah. And that was something you said when we were driving in. We were looking at a clear cut up on the side of the hill. Yep. And he's like, man, all that sunlight getting there, and that's, that'd be a really good summertime yeah. spot good mineral you know type spot and that's kind of yeah. in just I, what you said and i can get back on that too if we want to talk about like soils and that i've found like it's got to be like a clay type soil yeah try to get go through the ground i try to get through the root the root hairs you'll get all them roots yeah. and that i get a hammer 
or sometimes I forget, I get a stick and I dig. Usually it's my you bring nails. A hammer, a claw hammer to get through. Yeah. There you go. Intense. Yeah. I should. You could delete that, Bo. That, I didn't want to. That was <laughs> such. That's trade craft. Yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> and one other thing too is you can still put minerals in areas without like the best soil. And if you watch some of my pictures, you'll see some on stumps. If I, like, scrape the ground away and it's, like, real rocky or, like, sandy, I'll just look for a stump. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah. that's yep. when I choose either a stump or a rotted soil. Stump. I, I prefer, I still prefer a uh, the ground. And it might just be, like, my own theory or I just feel like I've, some really bigger mature bucks, like, with the stumps, I don't know why, but they, they seem, they don't seem to stay there as long for me. But the ones in the soil, some seems like I always get better pictures. Or maybe they, the mineral sticks to the soil better, possibly. Yeah, drains you know, into the soil. Yeah, and they can eat it better. Like I, I mean, when you talk stump, you mean more of a decomposed type. Not like, or real you mean fresh, more like woody. Not not rotted. Uh, yeah, but but not like it seems like the real fresh. It, it washes off the stump. A you mean like bad. a harder woody? Yeah, stump. yeah, like one that's probably been cut four or five years ago. Seems to be perfect. Where it's okay. just slow, almost almost rotted, and they'll chew at that. You know? See, I always put it on like a rotted stump. Like it turned to me, well, I'm, thinking, the, I'm thinking turn into dirt. Or that it's porous, yep. and it's absorbing minerals. And that, that's probably and just as good. Get in there, right? I just know with the little bit harder stump, it seems like it lasts longer. But maybe the rotted stump, will, you'll still dig into I'm it. I'm just thinking like too. it's going to hold and turn to more dirt. I'm looking for yeah. But you're right, though. Yep. If it's rocky and sandy... You know, I try to find some type of clay or dig through through all that. Yeah, and I've I've always just looked at stumps and just like I'll literally I'll be like looking and if it's not the perfect stump, I get upset. Oh, okay. Like I I don't. That's just always the way. Like I've always put them on those those older like like you said. Like try to find them before they're like completely falling apart stumps. And but there's some that I've had. I have a mineral site that's pretty old now that mm-hmm. that stump is so long gone and and there's basically a lake that's down yeah. in there that's so it, it it's incredible to be honest with you it's it's pretty and another trick i've done this year and i think it looks like it's working i'm not gonna say i'm not gonna say it's the best thing to do but i've been hanging a licking branch a lot of above a lot of my mineral sites even though i see this time of year from what i see i don't think they're really peeing into into the scrape anyway but i'm getting them working the mineral site and hitting the licking branch and it's just maybe a little bit of an added attractant to it yeah, yeah maybe so, a mature deer will want to yeah hit that exactly branch. just another yeah, my, idea you don't see much my understanding was and i could be wrong about this again because i'm not a biologist <laughs> um but my understanding was that like the scraping in the ground is to signal testosterone levels and their position in a, in a particular dominance hierarchy Oh, okay. And the licking branch is deer identification. That makes a lot of sense. So, I've heard so that, they're yeah. not scraping throughout the summer because they're not trying to advertise their fitness for breeding. Yeah. Or their testosterone levels, right? Yep. yep. They're not tar- you know peeing on their tarsal gland. It's more like forehead positive. gland and that. Whereas yep. what they're doing with their forehead and the licking branches is just it's just oh that's Bob that's, that's yeah that's yeah that's whoever. And I, I did a podcast with a biologist, oh, okay. Dr. Carl Miller, and he talked Bill. all about what. Was his name Bill? Not Bill. Dr. <laughs> Carl Miller. And Carl had said that um, he was talking about the different – He, I asked 
asked him about every different gland on a deer and how they work and how they go. And he's talking about the forehead gland is because you always see like, I used to use preorbital gland sense a lot, which I think work really well. But he said, I started buying forehead gland stuff because he said that's the most thing that they're oh, rubbing yeah. on that. And that's the way of a really good communication tool. And I could be butchering exactly what oh, he said. Oh, pointed to his eye for the that's preorbital. That's a preorbital. Yeah. yeah, but Which for all you people listening, not visually. That we're just, yeah, yeah, that's a good good point. Yeah, it's in the the preorbital. Someone might want to say, "Hey, what's is the in the corner of your eye where the four And again, none of us here are biologists. So go listen to, to that. Listen to that podcast. <laughs> it was number one thirty seven, I believe. None of us here are even close. Yeah, I know, right? The, the, uh, none of us are even close to biologists. Yeah. No, but he's p- quoting the podcast number. Bunch, here. Of, impressive. bunch of dumb rednecks, really. But <laughs> but uh, but seriously, so that that's yeah, I think the commu- what you're saying though is kind of in line with that yeah, yeah and it makes sense to me too like uh maybe as you guys were talking earlier about mineral sites i was thinking to myself maybe you shouldn't say anything because maybe you're about to say something obvious <laughs> they're gonna look at you like thanks bill thanks for that but one of the things with the mineral sites is right like w- it seems to me that that would have to do with the quality of the soil right yeah and, and, and what's growing in the area so if you're putting a mineral site out in an area where historically it's not good soil mm-hmm. then you would expect more deer on that right I don't or, know. Or if you're know. putting it out in an area where the soil is <laughs> really good. What, which one should we consult about that? So, I, so <laughs> this guy's crazy. So if it's getting put out in a spot, though, where the soil's good, there's the, the, the imperative isn't there. Because uh, one thing I have read in the studies is that they have a mineral content they need to get to. Oh, okay. And it's something like 99% of deer will get to it one way or the other. Hmm. And so <clears throat> when you see these companies and, you know, I, I'm not speaking ill of anyone. You can use minerals to attract deer. Mm-hmm. No question. But when you see these co- mineral companies that are saying it's going to increase antler size, there's like good studies on this that shows it doesn't increase antler size. Because yep. the deer will find the minerals. Yep. Like it, it's an attractant and that's it. I only use rock salt. So right, right. I mean that I, just because I've, I've believed in that as well too. Yeah. But I mean, there's concrete evidence where they have like pen deer, mm-hmm. right? And they're pen deer on one side with no salt and pen deer on the other side with salt. And the pen deer on the other side get just the mineral content that the other yeah. ones do. They just get it in different places. Yep. So it just becomes an easier way to get mineral content. It's not improving antler size. Yep. The, the last study that I read about this said the only thing it does do is it will increase the quality of uh, mother's milk for the fawns. Hmm. So the fawns could be healthier in areas. I don't know, Bill. The pictures on the bag show different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Monster Rack 2.0. <laughs> so is it better to have... So you say you only so, talk so loud, Jesus. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> a couple beers. Sorry, I can't hear you. So is it is it better to have poor soil with some good minerals? If you want pictures, it seems. And that's yes, what I mean. When I get, say I'm not saying I could be wrong about all or, of this. <laughs> no, I think you're. I think I was you're right about. I, no, I you were talking about clay. Yeah, I'm like, not which, saying nutrients in the soil. Clay soil is just better to hold those, hold the salt in your minerals. Right. Yeah. Yep. Versus, yep. you know, if it's rocky, it's just going to wash right off. Yeah. But know? like what Bill's saying is like, so if you do have a soil that's poor with minerals, is that a good spot to put your minerals? Yeah. It to seems attract like probably them? on a stone. It, it speaks yeah. to if or it was to, real sandy soil or yep, something. Yeah. Or do, exactly. is it good to have good soil and add your minerals? Well, I mean, which, ultimately, you, know, you want good soil, right? Because it's going to create healthy that's gonna, deer. Yeah. That's going to yeah. create the brows and everything else. That's right. That's coming there. up. But, um, but, so, but if you're trying to get them to focus on you know, a particular mineral supplement, again, mm-hmm. it seems like you might want to be doing that in areas where it's not so great. But, yep. you know. 
Well, Who knows? One thing, too, though, think of it this way. Like, okay, like today, I had sugar in my coffee. I had a brownie. Like, it, I don't think, I think deer also have, like, cravings like us where they might be able to get nutrients out of browse and that. But, like, it's probably a different taste to go to that salt sure, lick. Like, sure. Something they like, crave. Oh, or, you know, we're all having a beer right yeah, now. Like, right. There's a lot of the same nutrients and a lot of things we eat every day. But I think deer, the taste, and, you know, I notice it with my dog. You know, he'll, he'll you can see, he'll have different cravings and different tastes. And yeah, like yeah, me with Lay's truth. potato chips. I want that salt that's on yeah. there. I yep. want that where I, I can get food anywhere. You know, yep. I can eat food all day, but that. Yep. You can get that salt the way that that is <laughs> yeah, off yeah. of it. I think deer are like that, I think too. the the one meadow we were talking about that I run every year, so, like, the deer will come by in a cycle, these bucks, to where it's like, oh, oh, oh yeah. we need to, we're craving that, so we're going to go hit that. Yeah. And you might not, it's like two weeks, they disappear, and it's like, oh, you know, it's kind of gravitate back toward there. Yeah, yep. now I'll really get out of my area of expertise <laughs> and say, I believe, I've read that, you know, when women are craving things when they're pregnant, yeah, it's because they are low on a particular type of mineral yeah. or sugar or something mm-hmm. that would be present in the food that they need for the placenta for the baby. Yep. So now we're really outside of our ex- zone of expertise. But yeah. it makes sense. I'm just back yeah. in Steve's play here and say, it yeah, makes you sense. just spoke to me in German there. Right, exactly. <laughs> placenta. <laughs> but, well, I noticed that with deer, not just for minerals, but like there could be uh, a particular apple tree, like in an apple orchard that the deer, you know, are hitting or. You know, there's just, I think when, when it's just a little bit different, sometimes it's a little more attractive, you know, to deer rather than sure. they're just munching on browse all day. I mean, yeah, they're surviving and getting great nutrients, but yeah, maybe you know. corn in the cornfield's not the best. <laughs> yeah. Attractive. How about, so since we're talking about summer deer, how about like later in summer, maybe, um, sorry, Bill. Yeah. Pull that up a little bit, John. So like. You know, browse is the majority, but like a soft mass, like apples yeah. and that, some type of fruit. Yep. But that's later. I mean, but there are some July apples. Yep. Oh, no doubt. You know? Yeah, they'll be that's dropping another, in July. Uh, then you got cherries dropping in August. Yeah, August. Yeah. They, yep. uh, they'll, up in they'll this be area. pounding them. And I think, like, the earth, when that stuff first starts dropping, I always see it getting hit more than, like, later on. Like, I think it's like. Oh, wow. I haven't, we haven't had, had that this for a year. year. Yeah, yep, exactly. That makes sense. Yeah. I think that's and when I noticed. Man, if I can find an area that holds the black cherries into the first week of October, they usually don't last very long no, in the season. Don't. A lot of times they're yep. gone by then. But if I can find an area that gets at that buck Hercules you're talking about, mm-hmm. that was the only time that I was able to consistently get daylight photos of him in the early season when there was a good black cherry crop, yep. which I pulled my camera card after that was done, and we didn't have a crop like that again until he disappeared. So I never really got to. So you never knew what happened with that deer? No. Oh, sorry. I, don't know, I really don't want to talk about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I guess I have a question about scouting. When yeah. you guys are doing your summer scouting, like, are you mostly, I suppose because it's big woods, are you guys mostly focusing on clear cuts? Like, is that the play as far as where you're putting cameras and where you're. I think. I think me, it's probably about 80% of that. I mean, I have a lot of areas that I hunt that there's not any clear cuts, you know, but it just, to me, it seems like younger clear cuts tend to hold a lot of summer bucks. And and then those big area places you're focusing on topography or what are you focusing on there? Yeah. Well, a lot of times water too, like, uh, not always way down in the bottom, but like I find a lot of bigger deer, especially in the summertime, will bed near like trickle streams coming off the mountains. 
I think, I mean, if you think about it, if it's 80, 90 degrees every day, I think they're having a hard time mm-hmm. going all day without a drink. And there's probably minerals in there as well, yeah, right? Yeah, that's the trickle. There probably right. could very well be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be something to key in on. Also, being the springs, sometimes you get low lying areas that I look for, maybe I call them water weeds that oh, okay. uh, the deer will. You know, maybe not so much in areas with clear cuts, but maybe in some bigger woods of maybe Ohio and that. If you can get get near them springs and maybe down near the main stream, and you, you know, they're going to be looking for water. But you see, you'll start to get, um, it could be shady, so there's not much sunlight, but you get them water weeds, jewel weed or something. That's, Stinging nettle they eat a lot of. Yeah, and you'll see them eat off and they get water. Just, just yeah. you'll find a little bit of a variety of plant life. Yep. So I, I even take that in consideration when I put mineral licks out. Maybe there's a spring with some, you know, it, you get into um, summer where, um, you know, maybe they want to get away from that dry wet and it's like succulent, you know, that has the water and weeds, you know, mm-hmm. have. So that's always somewhere to, but I always think like it's hot, you know, they got to find water and, you know, how much water do they get when they're feeding in the clear cut? Yeah, they get, you know, they might. get some. But I've seen deer, don't get me wrong, after a rain, there's, there's a puddle on the ground. I've seen deer drink out of a stump. So oh, it's yeah. like they don't need to go to, um, yeah. but not yeah. saying they won't. It, it's To answer your question about the clear cuts thing, I, so in the summer, I've tried so many different things. And mostly because a while ago, I didn't think about it a whole lot. I just kind of either put mineral sites out or built scrapes or did anything in places and definitely found inconclusive what these guys are saying the clear cuts seem to be especially those younger ones that yep. where are the most browses or yeah diverseness yep. has some wetness to it you know like i've tried yep. i i remember the one year i went completely i was like all right these tops suck because it was uh you know it was i thought it was dry or whatever i'm like i'm gonna run nothing but bottom cameras in the summer well then that didn't pan out because oh, yeah. it, it was all hemlocks. There wasn't any other food because yep. the hemlocks were yep. covering it, and it wasn't that good. So, like, there's so many you, you learn so much through, but yep. the cuts are hard to. And we even with a clear cut, I mean, it could be kind of overgrown to where they're underneath there in the shade, anyways. Or oh, then yeah. in the morning you get a dude or eating some plants. It's like I've been in like goldenrod fields, and you see deer laying in a goldenrod field, but you crawl in that hole. It's it's wet and damp, and uh, the sunlight doesn't come through, and it's cool. Just yeah, being down in there, you know, you don't, down, you're looking yeah. at the sun beating down on you, but they're they're shorter than you. They're kind of low to the ground, and they'll crawl through them tunnels. It's nice and cool and shaded and, and uh, stuff like that. So it's but throwing throwing something a little bit different here. Is we we're talking about hemlocks and them, you know, not being in there. But the same t- that all depends on the situation. We're talking about like solid hemlocks stuff. Like if I can find an area that has hemlocks in the area of like an, an edge of a new cut, a lot of times oh, I'll bed yeah. in there oh, because of that shade. Every cool. time. How about today? You came to my house and I got this doe that lives around my house. And any day that that thermometer goes above 80 degrees, she's in a certain bed. Literally, she walks, she watches me. I can see her. She doesn't think I can see her, but I open my truck door and I walk to my porch and she's only about 20 yards off my yard laying in this bed in the hemlocks because it's, hemlock. it's cooler. It's she thinks she's a ninja? Right yeah, she does. Except for when Johnny showed up, he starts ah, talking real loud. Then she stood up. But other than that, she doesn't move around. <laughs> you know why? Because uh, her not – I had to take a sip of beer, Bo. Pull up that microphone. And that's just like says something <laughs> about beer. They can sense something different. 
you know. They know when a real predator's in the area. Oh, I knew that was coming as soon as as soon as I came up. She uh, as soon as I pulled in and and as soon as I opened the door, she caught a glimpse of me. She's oh, gone. Oh man, she was gone. But they she hangs stories around. about Johnny Stewart in the deer community. She's in Bo's there. yard walking around, and I show up, she's gone. Bo was walking with her one time when he showed up. But that just shows you how deer are. Like she's comfortable with Bo and his surroundings and living near him and. <laughs> Honestly, it's not funny. Yeah, no, that was hilarious. But when something different shows up, it peaks like, oh, this ain't right. This ain't normal. This is where I'm, I'm going to leave because I'm not used to this. And just deer in general, how like when hunters, you know, throughout the summer, they do their normal thing. The deer do their normal thing. Then hunters start showing up, car door slamming like, oh, this ain't right. I'm out of here. Yeah, I actually, uh, you know, I was, I was telling Steve today, I was friends with Charlie Alzheimer. I believe this could have been I read it. I get confused now because I hung out with the guy a bunch of times, and I don't remember if he told me this or I read this in one of his books. But one of the things I found was really interesting, I'll remember the story anyway, was a guy was trying to get some deer off of his property. So he let a hunter come in and, and hunt the property. And the hunter told him, or the farmer told him where he saw the deer and where they'd show up on his like feed piles for, and salt licks and stuff like that. So the hunter went out there to hunt, and the farmer stayed inside that day and a deer didn't none of the deer showed up and he hunted there a few times and a very long story short he wasn't seeing any deer so the hunter was like i I don't know so next week he goes back to work and the hunters or the farmer says he's seeing deer every day couldn't figure it out so the hunter comes back out there wasn't (laughs) seeing the deer so the hunter said wait a second come out here and do your farm chores like you normally do as the sun's going down and as soon as that guy went out there, then the deer came out. Wow. Mm-hmm. Recognized. So those deer had been watching him do work for 40 years there. Yeah. And thought, when that guy's around it. That's set. an old deer, 40 years old. <laughs> well, that fam, that, I know, that I know. herd. I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, 40, I think it was 40 years, you know, 40 years but that, of deer. Like, Luckily didn't have any teeth on it. No, no, no. <laughs> I grew up in below Pittsburgh, and we got into hunting the suburbs and hunting close to, and that, that tells you a lot about um, hunting them areas how they're they're not afraid of like the homeowner and his dog in a yard you know what i mean but uh soon as soon as you sneak through the woods they could sense the difference between a, a predator even though the human could be you know like that one's not a predator that one's not you know this one is but you learn a lot you know that they just what something out of the ordinary just oh you told you know? me this story this is what johnny told me this he showed up and he took the guy who owned the house went into his closet and took some of his clothes <laughs> and went out there dressed like the guy who just was carrying a bow and then he shot the deer. Just like that. I, that, that, that we I want, would not put that on. I wonder to say that's true or not. So listen, I do got a good story about hunting the suburbs. So I was hunting behind this this little wood wooded patch and my, my buddy was a police officer there. And um, I told him, I said, I'm gonna, there was a vacant house for sale. I said, I'm parking in that driveway and I'm hunting behind that house. Like I told him, he's like, all right. You know what I mean? So if you see my vehicle, I'm hunting up in the woods. So there's a little strip of uh, timber, oaks, and uh, maybe an acre. So I went up into them oaks and then there was houses above that. And a guy had a big backyard and he blew the leaves off his yard with a blower into the woods. So the leaf litter in the woods was real thick. So before dark, there was like a little thick power line. These does would come out and they'd feed through that leaf litter. And the the one, so, and it was pretty wild. The guy would get home at five o'clock, let the dog out, run down in the yard. And the dog would like run down in the woods. I'm up in a tree. And then 
soon as the dog went in, he, the guy and the dog went in the house before dark, then all the deer come out. So they had to wait. They knew he would get home, let the dog out. Then they didn't want to be harassed by that dog. So the does would come out of this thick stuff and they would feed around me in these acorns and this leaf litter that he blew off his yard. Well, the buck, he come out, he would actually walk through the yard because he didn't want to walk through all them noisy leaves. And he come down and then he got in the woods. So I shot him. And then actually two years later, the same scenario. Like I didn't hunt there. Two years go by. I get up in that tree. Um, I think I went and scouted. or It was before cameras and I seen there was a good deer living there. So I get up in a tree. This is two years later. The guy come home from work, let his dog out. He come down in the woods, pissed, went back in to the house. Hear all the doe come out. Here come a, a different buck. Two years later, he did Betting the same, same thing. Spot. Come up, stood on top of the hill on that thick stuff, and, and like the the two houses, their backyards joined, and, and they all cleaned the leaves. He bloomed in the woods, and that buck didn't. He wanted. He walked right down through the grass, and then he cut in the woods. Like he did the two years later, another mature buck did the same thing that yeah, one did the year before. It. But yeah, they that. come out right after the dude let his dog piss, and he went in, and then. So, but it's, it was yeah. pretty, pretty wild how they adapt to how the people live. And if something's out of ordinary, they're just like, oh, I am, I'm not, I'm not dealing with that. So to, I, I get another question. So in areas that you can't run minerals, what's a good, what, what are your guys's strategy? Let's start with you, Steve, with like your cameras, or even if you can, but you choose not to, what, what are you looking for that? Um, I mean, I would probably just go with the licking branches. Uh, just because, I mean, I feel like you can get pictures of deer pretty easily almost anywhere. Like it's the quality of pictures what you get, like when you can get a deer to pause for a while, like that's especially like wanting to see how big these bucks are, or, you know, what they grew into. Like if they're just walking by broadside, it's like, you know, it's just tough yeah. to tell. But when he's in either at that mineral side or working that branch and you get five, ten photos at least every time. Yeah. And that's what, you know, that's what I would say is go with licking branches or unless you can set up on water or water holes, that would probably be. Where are you putting those licking branches? Where do I put them? Yeah, like um, what types of areas, I guess. I put a lot of them in the same places I would put like the mineral sites, except I look at it like if I feel that. It's, you know, it's kind of like a gray area how there's really nothing in the Pennsylvania rule book that says you can be so many feet from a mineral site. Yep. But if I feel that, okay, I may hunt this given area, I'll do licking branches yeah, so you versus, yep. because I really don't know what's legal or it's, it doesn't really it say, doesn't. it just says you can't like hunt any trail or any route to and from. So I'll just play it safe, yeah. you know, but I, I put them in the same places, like I said, you know, where I think I might even hunt, um, you know, next fall, it's a good way to just monitor the area year round. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, I, I I would agree with that. And before I go to Johnny, I'll just comment as I'm thinking about it. So like, I have two different strategies with like the mock scrapes in the summer. I'll either have ones that are just for summertime photos that I'll try to be getting those. And then I also have the ones where I don't have the time to get back to that camera that I'll set up in a a fall type location, but still get that licking yep. branch freshened up, do all of that. Maybe, you know, maybe I'll get surprised and there'll be some summertime photos that come through there. Maybe it's set up for, you know, later on um, during, but a lot of times, like you said, depending on the area, those do cross over pretty much. Mm-hmm. And, well, and go ahead. Not to interrupt you. I was going to say one thing you brought up. That's a good point is like, 
even though they're attracted to like, you know, licking branches this time of year, like if you leave it up for months versus a mineral site, mineral site, you might have 30,000 pictures or your SD yeah. card, batteries, whatever can yeah. be maxed out. Yeah, you can't leave those up you for can't three leave, months. No, but if you do a licking branch, you know, you're going to get a lot of pictures, but probably a thousand or two in the big woods at the most for summer. So that would be a good point yeah. too. Like if you don't have the time to check your camera as much, go with more licking branches. Told that, that is a very, very good point. Otherwise your batteries will be dead. Yeah. You'll get to it and on July 2nd, your camera SD cards full <laughs> and your batteries are dead. Yeah, exactly. I also That's feel a, like yeah. that might be your best chance at getting a mature buck on there. If he's yeah. not patterned You're right. to those licking branches or to those uh, mineral sites. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. They, eventually your scent will be out of that licking branch area and they're yep. going to want to know what other deer are in that area. So they're going to yep. hit Great that thing. Looks way more natural uh, yeah way more natural yep. yeah so i that's 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 good stuff mm-hmm. johnny well um one thing about what you guys were saying about getting all the pictures i try to if i do i don't believe i'm going to check my mineral licks if i put them out march april and i usually put it on like a five minute delay with a two second oh yeah, you know that, i can understand where it goes yeah. takes one picture then 1001 one time takes another picture so mm-hmm. you don't just get that one flash you know but you'll get and then what's good about like steve said a mineral lick you know you can kind of get a head-on shot to where um a lot of times you can get a picture if you get a i hate broadside pictures of deer because you can't judge so like i like even going through the hunting season that i try to guess which way the deers i don't like looking right down the trail or per se which way the deers because then you only have a five foot wide area i try to kind of like get them on like a 45 so if i think he's coming you know say he's going south to north i'll put it like in the in in the like the like the northwest or the, yeah, the you right know to kind of just like you'll kind of you can kind of cover more area you know not just a straight up and down and then i hate the broadside shots because a lot of times you won't even get a trigger yeah, you know what i mean you'll see true. and i've seen it where you get tracks whether it be in a mud or that or snow and it's like you don't got no picture so you know yeah. you don't always i don't care how good them cameras are you can't always get it you know believe that you're going to get everything that walks in front of it i can't tell you how many like huge body i've got like from shoulder back oh i hate that god (laughs) i and what's worse is when you can't find the tree for the right like scraper licking branch yeah like you're like i eat it here and then i've walked around for 10 minutes and i always try the camera in my hand i try to face my cameras north to south so i don't get as many east to west sun yeah yeah you're false you know activations essentially yep but that's can be difficult you got if you watch me set cameras up just like me picking a tree it's like i'm like standing around like what am i doing like you think it's my first time in the woods like i know i'm the same way bro. it's like you're trying to find the perfect spot like 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 you know where exactly if you knew everything you would kill the deer yeah Yeah. also you don't want to have to be doing that when you're coming in on at zero four thirty. Oh, yeah. Right, and you're and you're looking around for that tree, like, okay, which one am I going to choose now? Like, you want to have all of that. Yeah. Like, I'll put the notes into my way my waypoint. Yeah, that's a good. Like, idea. Oh yeah, this is what I do when I, I take a picture spot. of the tree that I plan on if I was yeah. say if I was hanging hunting, like if I had uh, the tree, I put any notes to it which way I'm going to face because I've been there where I'd be like, this is a good spot, I'll figure that out, mm-hmm. and you come in there in the dark and everything looks so different, and you're like, dang it. Yeah, and if it's one of those car hood scrapes like a really big scrape or something like that, yeah. I'll pop up in the tree and then really get a good look at like the whole area. Yeah. So oh, if yeah. I have an idea where they're coming through or if something needs to be, you know, you can't cut trees down, but what a, lot, a lot of things that I'll do is I'll move like a rock against a small tree 
to just get it out of a shot lane. Yeah. Like if I'm on a public, you know, piece of land where you're not allowed to cut oh, things yeah, down, yeah. I'll use like rocks or other branches or just like I'll even I've even done it where I I uh, I braid the branches. Oh, okay. Oh, and the ones that are like flexible type. Right. Just so they're out of the way for a shot lane or something because that's even worse, right? Is oh, yeah. you do all of your homework, you get everything right. And then you're sitting up in the tree, and you know your your shot lane has been blocked, or something has grown yeah. in there, or whatever. Yep. Um, Half the time you you get up in there, and you have your lanes, and he doesn't even show up in there. <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, he's over here, totally and he's different. like, "You're like, whoa, where'd you come from?" <laughs> John, what about Johnny? What about your? Um, do you do you run any cameras in the summer that's not on mineral licks? Yeah, I mean, um, definitely browse. Uh, the more variety you have, which is like where the sunlight, very a clear cut and maybe an inside corner, you know, to where that's where he's going to enter. It's if you're just on that inside corner a little bit, because I think that that's a very, that's a very good point that if, if you're not, describe that a little bit more, what you're talking about. Well, it's like maybe you got some hardwoods or hemlocks that run north and south, you know, maybe a defined line between the the hemlocks and the clear cut and then you maybe the 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 cutting that we're talking about is like a square yep so you're you're in the corner to where the you know the hemlocks are north and south and and then it runs east and west yep you know because if a deer comes to that corner um maybe he's going to scan that clear cut for for danger or something and or vice versa one or the other whether he's going in it but he has some cover and he's going to work at edge and feel the view and yeah. field of view, yeah. Right. So, but if he comes out in that corner and he needs to retreat back into the hemlocks or whatever it might be, he could go right or left and be, you know, you got a couple more options. But definitely uh, a place like that. I think last I actually have a camera and a cutting that I put out actually when we pushed your deer, um, the first push. Yep. Um, your dad was on the one. I was on the other hill, and and uh, I dropped the camera there, and that was – I got to go get that one. It's down on the inside corner. I'm going to try to get it this year. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> we, we, we've talked about it before, but I don't know if I told you this, Steve, but the the first time that Johnny ever picked up that deer that I ended up killing was in 2017, I think. You dropped a camera, and he forgot it was there, and he was out scouting a year later and came across it. And he pulled it, and he didn't have an SD card reader on him, so he brought it to my house, and we put it at my, da- at yeah, my parents' house. Yeah. We put it at my dad's computer, and um, and that buck was on there from the year before. Oh, that, was like, that was seven, 16 and 17. I put it out in 16. Yep. I rifle hunted, and I dropped it, and I didn't get it till 17. And then I think the following year, I picked that deer up and I put a post on Instagram and I sent it to Bo. Like after he got that deer, I sent it to him and it was a picture of his deer the previous year. Wow. And I wrote on there, I know where this deer lives. All I need is someone with a tag and I'll push it to him. Oh, <laughs> I sent it. Yeah. Really. Yeah. He, he wow. literally had it. Yeah. And I, I, I know it, where he lives at this time of year. Cause it was like a rifle season photo actually. Oh, yeah. Okay. You are insane. And wow. I, I like went back in Instagram and I looked back and it was 17 and I, like I sent it to Bo. I'm like, Bo, look what I wrote. I'm like, I have this like, year. I know. my comment down there. I responded. <laughs> yeah. He no, might I have. actually did I respond. Think he did. Like, wow, that's an awesome buck. Wow. <laughs> and I think, yeah, we couldn't get together that year. And then fast forward a year and it happened. What three I years. Three years. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah so, that's but uh, that was pretty awesome. But yeah, definitely an inside corner, a browse diverse, maybe a, Creek bottom, creek crossing. That that reminds me. Uh, I was uh, 
hunting this huge buck in Southern Maryland. And it was a, it was a 12 pointer that year. It was a massive deer. And I'd never seen him on the hoof, never had a daytime picture of him, nothing. And, uh, my father-in-law was in town. We were going to a Redskins game and I had just gotten access to this. It was, it was public property, but I'd gotten access through a person's a private lot to just access the public property. So I could get a, you know, quicker to get into this public piece. And, um, I was showing my father-in-law as we were driving to the game where it was. And I said, yeah, I've been seeing this massive buck on here at night. 12 pointer, just amazing buck. But you know, he just, he does not come out during the day. And he goes, he looks to the left and he goes, is it that buck over there chasing a doe <laughs> through this guy's backyard? And sure as sure as anything else, this buck pops out of this inside corner and is chasing a doe. And we're getting ready to go to a Redskins game. It's like 27 November. Jeez. And I'm like, what? What? The one night I'm not out here hunting, like I've been hunting hard there, right? He probably knew I wasn't there, which is why he was out in the middle of that field. But again, it's just like, you know, missed opportunities yeah. <laughs> and inside corners. <laughs> Right, it's just yeah. killing me. I, I never, I never did kill that deer. He ended up getting hit by a car. <laughs> oh, it's awful. That's a shame. While I was in Afghanistan, insult to injury. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. It happens. Well, it's summertime. We're excited getting cameras out and doing a little bit of scouting in the woods here. I, I I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to this fall as, as always. I'm already jonesing. Yeah. yeah. I was telling Steve today, like. I hunt until April. <laughs> yeah. You know, because, well, Taylor Chamberlain, you just did a podcast with him. Yeah. I listened to. It's hilarious. Taylor's hilarious. Yeah. But we were hunting together, you know, in Virginia where you can hunt. Well, I think he can hunt into May. He can hunt 365. Yeah. And, and I was hunting with him in April. And I, like, I guess most of the reason I bring on guys to the pro staff that I bring on is it's like two criteria. A, are you a public head hunter? And B, can you have a three-hour conversation about deer in February? <laughs> yeah. And, and like That's, that, yeah. that, that, that is sort like those two things too. are satisfied, right? Then, you know, I bring, I try to bring them on. And, uh, you know, Taylor, Johnny, Andy, all of those guys, Garrett, Greg, all of them, three-hour conversations late into the year. And uh, it's like three days I'm tired of hunting. And then I'm ready to get back at it. And it's yep. just, as I was out there today, it's the same thing. I can't wait for the next season to start. Yeah. And me and Bo were talking on the way up here, different states to hunt. And, um, you know, your windows aren't huge as far as when the deer might be on a hoof and your best chance to see them. You know, usually everybody wants to hunt in November because um, not too many people are going to take a trip to a different state for, you know, just one evening or morning hunt if, you, you know, you want to get out there in November. And there are many talking about public hunting. I mean, there's there's so many states that have good public hunting opportunities that hold good deer that, mm -hmm. you know, I get stuck in a couple states because I get to know them areas and I can't get out of them even though, so it's, you know, even though I want to, I'm, I'm stuck. I want to kill a deer there before I move on. But there, just in general, I mean, this, you know, you look on Instagram, there's good deer on public land you know and and a lot of lot Everywhere. of states a lot of opportunities sure. it's 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 pretty but we're, we're lucky we're talking, to have it. it's like it's so hard to leave leave uh leave pennsylvania sometime. yeah you get you get you know maybe you know where you want to be for that week and then boom it's here and gone and and uh you know that's maybe where you want to be in another state so you gotta you know that's why i do a lot of late season hunting because um there's some opportunities there but there are many states that have a lot of potential 
for a good I turned short down year. Uh, a swap for PA to Kansas this year. So if people oh, seriously hey. did. so And actually the guy booked for – I was all booked up for this year, but he booked for 2022, and I still didn't. I said, nope, I'm just a PA boy. Yeah. So that's, <laughs> I've put in so much time here, it's like I don't want to – I don't want to just put the time in and then once the season comes, not then be able to go to work again, you know, for. And it's a wormhole. You can, ne- you'll never know enough. You'll ne- you could stay nope. here the day you die and hunt here and learn here, you yep. know, absolutely. learn every time, every time. Yep. Yeah. Well, thanks guys for coming on again. This is a, a good round table here with three decent guys, I guess. And <laughs> in the loosest terms. <laughs> yeah. Decent. <laughs> No, thanks, Steve, for having us to your thanks camp. Thanks so much. This was amazing, Steve. I'm, yeah, yeah thanks. I had a great time. And thank you, Bo, for the caribou. Yeah. That yeah. was excellent. Amazing. No problem. <laughs> Good stuff, guys. Johnny, thanks for being here. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for the chips you never brought uh, out of the I'm car. just kidding. I got a We're like truck. pounding on you, Johnny. You gotta... Sorry, you know, I could take it. I got yeah, some I thick skin. <laughs> He's all right. I'll give it out. Right. Right? Yeah. <laughs> all right, and... Steve at Shirk's Guide Service. You can find that Facebook, Instagram, yep. anywhere, really. Yep. We got Bill over at Spartan Forge. We got Johnny at The Johnny Stewart on Instagram. And all right. Thanks for listening. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of East Meets West Hunt with your host, Bo Martonic. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit eastmeetswesthunt.com, Facebook at East Meets West Outdoors, and Instagram at East Meets West Hunt. If you enjoyed today's episode, please review and subscribe, and we'll catch you next time.